Welcome, everybody. Here with us, uh, we have Mr. Julian Vargas, that is especially, um, is specialized in uh, adaptive technology and in particular in the tel telephone and uh, communications via telephone. Mr. Vargas, you want to? Yes. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for coming. Uh, my name is Julian Vargas. I'm an assistive technology trainer. I specialize in portable devices because I feel that portable is the future. Uh, the less that we have to be tied to boat anchors at home, computers, things like that, the more mobile we can be, the better we are, especially as, as blind or visually impaired. So um, today I'm going to talk to you guys about the iPhone. Some of you have probably heard of that, right? Okay. How many of you actually have iPhones? Okay. What was that? Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Um, those of you that uh, don't have iPhones, um, do you not have it because you feel that it's a touchscreen device and you can't imagine how a blind person would ever use that? Right. Well, that that that's always a little bit of an inhibitor. <laughs> but uh yeah, the the iPhone, I'm happy to say is very accessible thanks to Apple. Apple um as of 2009 was when they introduced the first iPhone that had built-in speech and magnification accessibility. And by the way, um this accessibility doesn't cost anything more which is what's really nice about it. You know, unlike previous devices where you had to buy a phone, then you had to go and purchase a third-party screen reader and then you had to get it installed and get that all up and running and learn a bunch of weird commands and things like that. The the iPhone, uh, the beauty of the iPhone is that uh, everything is just very easy. It's very straightforward. Apple's philosophy is they don't want you to have to think about how to use it. They don't want you to worry about that. They just want somebody to be able to pick it up and just use it intuitively without uh, without too much of uh, learning involved. And because VoiceOver, which is the screen reader that's built into the iPhone, is part of the operating system, uh, it's integrated very well. And all you have to do, any iPhone out there these days, um, when you go to an iPhone store, or if you have a relative or friend that has a um, an iPhone that's from 2009 and later, all they have to do is go into the settings menu. So you go into settings, then you go to general, then you go to accessibility. And when you're in accessibility, you're presented with several options. Uh, VoiceOver is the screen reader. You can turn that on or off. When you turn that on, it's going to give a warning that says, uh, warning, you know, uh, turning on voiceover is going to change the way that uh, one interacts with the phone, and you have to tell it, okay, some people don't do this. I've run into this in the Apple store where I've gotten, when I was first learning, I would go in there and spend hours playing with the thing, and I would say, hey, can you turn on voiceover for me? And most of them, to their credit, know what voiceover is, which is impressive. Uh, but they turn it on, and they would not push that okay thing because, of course, they don't know that they're used to interacting with the phone uh, like the way a sighted person does, which you just tap the button and it accepts it. With the iPhone, it works a little different. Um, with the iPhone, you have to 
you feel around the screen to find the button or the item that you want, then you have to tell it that you want to activate that particular button. So that's what makes it kind of nice is that you don't have to worry about breaking it or messing it up. You can just pick it up and uh, start feeling around the screen and you get you kind of get to know the layout. So uh, there's, there's a voiceover that you can turn on or off. They also have a um, white on black for those whose visual conditions make it so that you can read better with a black background and light writing, which is like me. That's nice to be able to turn that on and off. And then they have Zoom, which is magnification. And you can turn that on, and it's similar to how Zoom text or some solution like that would work, where you're kind of using your fingers to move around the screen. I personally prefer voiceover, even though I do have some usable vision, just because, for me, I, I can work faster by listening instead of struggling and dealing with eye strain. So it's it's nice that you can ha have access to that. So you can go to any Apple store and pick up any device just like any other person could, and you don't have to have any special modification done to it. So this is a big game changer because uh, for once we are able to take part in the madness like everybody else. <laughs> Go wait in those long lines if we want um, and walk out of there and not having paid a penny more than anybody else have full access to our phones. And I hear one talking right now. <laughs> Beautiful sound. So um, nowadays too there's more choices as far as carriers go for the iPhone. Before, when it first started, it was only available through AT&T. So it was either AT&T or nothing. Now you can actually get it through Verizon, AT&T, and Sprint. Yeah, Sprint has the iPhone. And Sprint right now actually has, uh, among the three carriers in terms of deals for data and for, for voice usage, Sprint actually gives you the better deals. And they actually still offer... Uh, unlimited data, where all the other carriers let you have to buy it in like bundles, two gigs, three gigs, four gigs, that type of thing. Yeah, so Sprint is is a good deal if, if you've got good reception with Sprint, or if you're an existing Sprint customer who held off on getting the iPhone because you didn't want to lose your good plan that you have with them. You don't have to worry about that because now you can get an iPhone with Sprint. Uh, one thing that's a little different when you get an iPhone though is that uh, you're going to um, you're going to have to get what's known as a data plan. And you might be thinking to yourself, why, why do I have to get a data plan if I just want a phone? Well, the, the, the real beauty of the iPhone isn't just the phone. Uh, to me, I think of the iPhone more as a computer that, by the way, happens to make and receive phone calls. <laughs> because there's so many cool things that you can use this device to do. And some of that requires having an always available internet connection. So it's actually a good thing to have a data plan. And later on when I talk about the, the various apps, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll mention that there's a lot of them that um, in order for them to work properly and give you the information that you're needing at that moment, like GPS apps or any kind of orientation type of app or business lookup, type of function, you need an internet connection because it has to be able to go out there and get the information that you're asking it to get. So I would recommend to anybody who wants to get an iPhone, for the best experience, I'd say go to the Apple store. And you can usually find them in most of the big malls. 
or you can call Apple. Uh, I think the number is 800-MY-APPLE. Uh, you can call them and find out what your nearest store is, or you can go to their website and find that out. The reason why I recommend the Apple store is because the people who work there are trained to sell their product and only their product. When you go to AT&T or Sprint or Verizon, they may get a little training on the iPhone, but the iPhone is not the only thing that they sell. They sell many other types of phones. And let's face it, uh, most of the people they're dealing with are sighted people who uh, who aren't going to ask about voiceover or how to turn it on or things like that. So you're, you'll be very hard-pressed to find somebody at one of those local carrier stores that can give you the same type of service that an employee of Apple can give you. Because, again, Apple only sells one phone, and that's the iPhone. So the, that's my recommendation. By the way, even if you have or want to sign up service with any of the three carriers, they can set that all up in the Apple Store. So you're really not losing anything, but you're gaining a whole lot by going there. So um, talk a little bit about how VoiceOver works. I started to earlier. When you turn on VoiceOver, it uh, it changes the way that you interact with the phone. Like I mentioned, a sighted person picks up an iPhone, sees an icon, touches it with one finger, and an app is launched. Um, obviously, for a blind person, this would not be good because you'd be opening up all kinds of apps. And it's one of the problems that exists with Android phones. You can get voice or speech kind of things on Android phones, but unless you get a special program from a company called Code Factory, which, again, involves paying a little more money above the cost of the phone, um, every time you touch one of the icons, it's going to tell you what it is, but it's also going to launch the app. So that's kind of a pain because then you've got to close it and try to find what you're doing. It's very time-consuming. So with the iPhone, you um, you just pick it up. I'm going to wake mine up here. 1016. So it tells you the time. Slide to unlock. Safari. So right now I'm on the screen, and as I feel around. Messages. YouTube. Notes. Settings. Digitize. Navigation folder. Nine apps. VI apps folder. Ten apps. So those are some of the folders I keep specific apps in that I use frequently. So as you see, I touched all those things, but nothing was activated. If I want to activate something, there are two ways to do it. Um, the way you interact with the iPhone is uh, by taps and swipes, or flicks, as some people call them, where you can tap with one finger, two finger, or three fingers. And depending on the number of fingers you do and the, and the number of taps, that's what's done. And I know that that sounds a little complicated when you're not used to it, but believe it or not, it's very, after a while it becomes very intuitive. In fact, when I'm having to explain to somebody how to do it, I have to stop and think how to say it because I'm so used to just doing it without even thinking about it. I pick it up and it just happens naturally. So that's what will happen over time. And you have to give yourself a certain amount of time to do it. It's going to take you a few weeks to really, truly start to get comfortable with it. You'll have moments where you want to just pick the thing up and throw it across the room. <laughs> uh, I highly recommend just putting it down, walking away for a while. It's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, you can pet him and he, he'll say things, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I won't do that. <laughs> so, okay, how to activate something. Let's say I want to know the local weather. There's an app that's built into the iPhone that does that. It tells you the weather. So if I feel around the screen. Okay, so there's weather. Now, since I've touched weather, there is, I'm told that there's a, a, a something that borders that icon. It highlights it. So visually, it tells the person who's looking at the screen that that is the icon that will activate if you do something. The way you activate is one of two ways. I could just, having, having touched it and removed my hands from the screen, now if I want to activate that icon, I take one finger and I double tap the screen like this. I go like that. Just, and it doesn't have to be very hard. It's actually, uh, sometimes responds better to light to moderate touches. So I just go. Weather. Local weather. Los Angeles. High 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Low 52 degrees Fahrenheit. Hourly weather available. Now one other thing about the iPhone is that unlike JAWS or any of the other screen readers or even older phone type systems that you've used, where you're using arrows to move through menu items and things like that. With the iPhone, this is the first opportunity that a blind person actually has to get to know the layout of a screen. Most of you who have no vision uh, know what I mean. You, you, know, you go to a website, and you're, you're moving around by tabbing. You're opening up links list dialogue. You're doing things like that to find your way around the screen. But you couldn't explain to somebody where that link or where that button is on the screen. So let's say uh, you're trying to help a sighted relative fix their email and you're trying to give them directions and you're saying, okay, go to this page and then look for this link that says, you know, new messages. Well, there's so many links on screens that sometimes it may take them a while to find that. Whereas if you knew to tell them, look for a link that says new messages, it's going to be on the right side of the screen in the upper half. That would be very helpful, wouldn't it? Well, it's the same with the iPhone. You're, you're learning the screen that way. You're learning exactly the way the screen looks to a sighted person. So, for example, to find the weather, I've learned that if I touch the upper right of the screen in that vicinity. Los Angeles. Wednesday. Clear currently. 63 degrees Fahrenheit. So there you go. I, I have the current temperature. Now, since I've activated that element... I could keep feeling around the screen. Or if I want to do a little bit more like a traditional uh, JAWS kind of thing where I'm moving from element to element, I can do this uh, single finger flick to the right. So it's almost like you're... Is it possible to silence the ringers? In fact, I would ask that if you all can, just silence them or vibrate or do something like that so it's not disruptive to the rest of the group that wants to hear this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The iPhone has it really nice. It's a little switch. And all you got to do is flick that little switch and you feel a vibration and now you got no sound coming out of the thing except the, the speech. You don't silence your speech that way. So, okay, I, I've, I've activated the element that tells me the current temperature. I want to know what today's forecast is. So I do the single finger flick to the right like you're just brushing off a piece of dust off the screen. And you go... Wednesday, clear and sunny. High 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Low 52 degrees Fahrenheit. All right, so what's tomorrow? Thursday, clear and sunny, high 73 degrees Fahrenheit, low 50 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Friday, windy, high 73 degrees Fahrenheit, low 52. Currently, partly cloudy. So there you go. Yeah, just a flick of the finger, or I could just feel around the screen too. I can do this. Currently, partly cloudy. Local weather: Los Angeles, Wednesday, clear and sunny. High 79 degrees Fahrenheit. Thursday, and then I just start feeling downward, just dragging Fahrenheit. my finger down the screen. Friday, windy. High 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Saturday, clear. Sunday, clear and sunny. High so I can go through it that way as well. So it, it's really, it's really a matter of, of your personal preference, what you like. Yes, you do have to touch the screen. Uh, that's the only way that you communicate with the with the device. But like I said, it's either done through taps or flicks or swipes. Imagine that you got a, a, a smooth surface and there's a little crumb or something that you want to brush off. So you might take one finger and just kind of brush it. Just Just brush it. Uh, it's it's hard. I, I would have to show it to you on your on your palm, but it's just imagine taking your finger and just brushing from left to right. Just you know, quick little flick to to brush the crumb off of there. That's a that's the kind of thing that that a flick is. Sure. Verbally. Siri, that's a that's a different thing, and I'll, I'll get to that in a little while. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so yes, you can you can use the taps, the, the swipes, the flicks, and then there are of course uh, multi-finger things. So like the, the the single finger flick is just to move from element to element. You can also switch pages, uh, and the way you do that is by by three taking three fingers and doing the same flicking motion, almost like you're turning a page in a book. So, you want to, to to show the uh, turning the page or no? Yeah, I can. I can. One do second, that. please. Let's see, like for example, uh, screens on the phone. You have a, you have a home screen. Well, you can actually have multiple screens because as as you start to put more apps on the phone, every screen only holds up to uh, sixteen of them. So. After a while, you start to develop where you need more pages. So right now, I'm, I'm on page one. Notes. If I want to go to page two, I do that three-finger flick from left to right. I mean, from right to left, I go. Page two of six. Reminders. And that's the first thing, reminders, and I can find different the things. The uh, The middle of the screen is what works best. And then I can go. Page three of six. LAMTA folder. Six apps. Page four of six. Google. So as you see, I'm, I'm flicking, and then I can always go back the other way. Page three of six, LAMTA folder, six apps. Page four of six. So let's say you're on page four, and now you want to get back to page one. Instead of doing four three-finger flicks, you can press the home button. Home, messages. And that takes you back to the first one. The screen on the iPhone, incidentally, is broken up into three parts. Uh, there's a very top part, which is called your status bar. And that is where you find things like your signal strength, your battery strength, um, the carrier that you're on, etc. Ninety percent battery power. Status bar. So right now my battery's at ninety percent. Now since I've activated that part of the screen, if I flick once from uh, right to left, I can go across that whole thing. 
Location tracking on. Status bar item. Orientation locked. Status bar item. Orientation locked is so that um, the phone is designed so that it, it senses, it has what's called an accelerometer, which senses your movement of the phone. Um, I find that to be annoying, and I think for most blind people it is annoying. So there's a way you can actually lock your screen so that it's always in portrait orientation no matter which way you're holding the phone. You have to go into the app switcher and um, find uh, if, when you're when you're in the app switcher, you do a, a three finger flick to the other page. This page is in that too, and there's a thing called orientation lock, and you activate that. Ten twenty seven a.m. Status bar. So that's item. the time. Three G status bar item. So telling me that I have a three G network connection. AT and T network status I'm on bar the AT and T network. Four or five bars. Signal strength. Status bar item. So I have four or five bars. That's pretty good. That lets me know that I got a pretty good connection. So if I need to make a call or if I need to use the Internet for something, I'm going to have a pretty stable and reliable connection. So that's the uh, that's the status bar. Then the middle of the screen is the part I talked to you about. And that's the one that changes with the flicks. That's where you have all your apps and uh, shortcuts. Then on the bottom part of the screen, you have this area called the dock. And that one has four items that you can keep. And unlike the home screen, the dock never changes. So in the dock, you would keep items that you always want to have quick access to, no matter what page you're on. And you can move items in and out of these, which is a little bit more advanced, but it, it, there is that capability. So... Once you kind of get to know that, it, it'll help you to, to interact with the phone and understand the layout a little bit. Uh, there's certain, when you open up applications, there's, there's buttons and things that are placed in somewhat predictable places, which is nice too, because after a while, when you get to know an app, instead of feeling around the screen like mad trying to find a button, you kind of learn after a while where in the general area to look, and it's usable. Yeah, I mean, I, I have I I normally keep mine at a hundred percent, which is very fast. I slowed it down to thirty percent. So, or, but you can actually there's a way to do that. Uh, one other way to interact with the iPhone is something called the rotor. The rotor is uh, like you're simulating turning a knob. So imagine a virtual knob, and when you turn this knob, different op you have different options. So here I'm going to turn my rotor. Language. Characters. Characters. Words. Headings. Which means if I want to navigate by characters, words, headings, I can do that. Speech rate. Speech rate. There we are. So now I can, if I wanted to slow it down, I just flick down. 25%, 20%, 15%, 10%. Or if I want to make it faster, I flick up with one finger. 20, 20, 30%. So 30% is what I find works for most people when I'm doing demonstrations. You can, as you heard, you can change the, the language. This is one nice thing about voiceover. Let's say um, you're on Facebook, and you may have friends that uh, speak other languages. I know some of you in here are bilingual. So um, I get this all the time, too, because I'm Hispanic, and some of my relatives will post you know, speaking and talk, talk, typing in Spanish. Well, what's nice is that um, if I come across a post like that, 
I can switch the the language of the phone to Spanish. And now when I touch that little area where they wrote in Spanish, now I'm hearing what they wrote spoken with the right accent, with the right voice and all that. It's really nice. There is a language rotor when you are when you're in settings and general and accessibility. You'll find one of the options is language rotor. And when you open that, there are bunch of different languages that you can add and, and by by selecting them you can add them to the rotor Chinese I think they do have Chinese yeah they do I think I've seen that they've got all kinds of I mean, it's cool though they, they've even got some different English ones like they have British English they have South African English they have Australian English and they even have Irish English now that they've added <laughs> so you know you can so if you're talking to your mates, you can put on Australian, <laughs> and they'll speak like that. It's pretty nice, and it'll use their punctuations and all that. So, yeah, I think I did see Italian in there too. So, <laughs> but it won't uh, it won't talk to you with the Italian accent. It'll uh, it'll speak to you in the actual language, which I don't know. So I. <laughs> so okay. Um, some of the benefits that come with the iPhone, besides having an accessible phone with a contact list and everything like that that you can set up yourself and manage, are the apps. You've all heard of apps. And there's all kinds of really cool apps out there. Uh, apps that replace what were once uh, very expensive standalone items, like, for example, a money identifier, one of my favorite apps. The Look Tell Money Identifier, Look Tell Money Reader, it's called. It uh, it works incredibly fast. I'll, uh, I'll get it set up here and demonstrate. I don't know how well it'll come through on the mic. So I launched Money Reader, and all this app does is read money. It's all it does. Nothing else. So when you launch this app, it's not really going to say, it'll say money reader running, but then it's just kind of waiting. And what you do is you hold the app about six inches above a bill. $10. Now, of course, to demonstrate on the mic, I might have to get a little creative here. I'm going to see if this works. $10. There you go. It identified it. So that's it. You just hold the camera over the money, and it tells you what it is real quick. What I like about this over the traditional money identifiers that you used to have to pay a lot of more money for, and then you have to carry this clunky thing with you, is that you don't have to slip the money into a slot to have it read. So let's say you got a, you got three or four different bills. You can lay them all out on a table and just simply hold the camera of the phone and sort of do a, f a flyby, if you will, <laughs> over all the bills and stop over every one until each one is identified for you. So that that's one... Uh, Pardon uh, me, the, the f what's that? You go to the App Store. Um, when When you get an iPhone, you have to set up an iTunes account. And... That's where you give it your, your name, your billing information, a credit card on file. And by the way, it's very safe to do this, so don't worry about 
should I trust them with my billing or credit card information? It um, Apple's really really good about protecting that, and it's just so much more convenient because when you go into the App Store, you go into search, and that opens up a text field in which you type, or let's say you got the new iPhone that has the Siri. This is what's really nice because it has a dictate button. So if you don't want to type it, you can just speak it. And it'll translate what you said. And if it's the right thing, if you like what it translated to, then you hit the go or the enter button. And then it'll bring up all the possibilities. So uh, you go into the app store, you type in, I, I type in Looktel, L-O-O-K-T-E-L, and that'll bring it up. Uh, the cost of the app is nine ninety nine, which compared to some of the apps in the app store, some might say that's expensive. But those of us who know blindness products <laughs> know that uh, we, we we were all happy when the iBill came out. Remember that? Yeah, that that was a cool thing. Ninety nine, and that was revolutionary because before that it was like five hundred dollars for a money reader. Well, now for nine ninety nine, you can buy this Looktel money reader, which, by the way, reads American money, it reads Canadian, it reads British, and it reads the Euro. And I'm trying to think if there's one more or not. Uh, I don't know if it does pesos yet, but they're constantly they're adding to it. And and the nice thing about it is that because it's an app, they can update it. Unlike your iBill, you know the iBill. You, it uh, what's going to happen with the iBills, you know how every four years or so they change the U.S. denomination, the currency a little bit to try to thwart counterfeiting? Well, the iBill, you would have to send it back for them to reprogram it, which means you're without your money reader for potentially a few weeks because if, imagine all those iBills coming in that they have to reprogram. <laughs> well, with the app, all they do is the, the, the developer issues an update. When they've added a new currency... They just issue an app update, and the app store lets you know that you have updates. So you download that update to your phone, and now you have the latest version. You don't have to send it away. Sure. I guess what I'm asking is, my daughter did mine, iPhone, iTunes account, but on her desktop computer, no JAWS access, no nothing. Why she did it? Maybe to help me download stuff or whatever, but I wanted to be more independent and put it on my JAWS laptop. Could I also do it on a laptop, even if I already started it on a desktop? Yes. Um, you can authorize, I think it's up to five computers under one the, under the same iTunes account. So you can do that. And, of course, you can enter the, in, the iTunes account into the phone itself. So when you're in the app store, you don't even need your computer to download the apps. You just do it from the phone itself. Oh, you can? You yes. Can. Oh. And what and what happens is when you're when you do that, let's say you you find the Looktel money reader and you say I want to buy this thing. So you select the buy and then it's going to come up with a with a field it's um if your iTunes account is already in there, the, the it identifies you by your email address. So that'll already be filled in. And then it's going to prompt you for your iTunes password. So you just simply enter your iTunes password and hit enter, and you're good to go. You're downloading the app. So that that's one really nice app 
another really good app that I think is very helpful to blind people is one called VizWiz, V-I-Z-W-I-Z. By the way, this app is free. And what VizWiz does, have you ever been in a situation where you needed to know, like say you have multiple shirts or blouses but are different colors? And you think, oh, God, you know, so-and-so's not home next door or they can't come over, and I really need to know this now. Well, VizWiz, VizWiz gives you access to a pair of eyes. Uh, There are multiple sources that you can select to check with. One of them is what's called the WebIQ engine where it tries to recognize it by the image. But the one that I like is WebWorkers. Uh, web workers, you can ask them a question. In fact, uh, maybe I'll just demonstrate it. Hopefully I can get a good enough. Sometimes I, sometimes this, if I don't get a perfect signal, visuals can be a little flaky. Okay, so I launched VizWiz. Now, let's see, what can I take a picture of? Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask. Okay. Okay. Well, because I'm. Because I want to ask them what color it is. Okay, so I took the picture. Now I'm posed with a screen that says, Ask Your Question. The way this works is I. Activate a button. It's a record button. So I'm going to record the question that I want to ask. What color is this shirt? So, okay. Select sources and send. Heading. So this is where I select sources. Web workers. Switch button. On. IQ engines. Switch button. Email. Select an email address. If you wanted to, you could, let's say you have a friend that helps you a lot. You could send it to their email, but that's going to take longer to get a response. <laughs> they also have it now where you could select, send it to Facebook and have one of your Facebook friends tell you. Facebook. So I have, I have WebIQ and, and, uh, and web workers. So it's sending the question now. And this could take sometimes a few minutes by the time it's all done, but again, when you don't have anyone else to ask, you can be a lifesaver. And people use it all the time to, like, they have different cake mixes. They want to know which is which. I've heard of people who take pictures of instructions. You know what I've done with this? Have you, have any of you come across those captures when you're signing up for something? So, okay, so it sent my question. Now I'm on the view answer screen. Now we just wait for it to say that an answer has arrived. So what I've done is I've taken a picture of that capture on the screen. And I've had them decode those captures for me. So we wait and yes. No, no, you don't have to open the camera. When you launch the app, the camera is already active. So. There's a button on the bottom of the screen that says uh, camera. So you activate it the way that I showed you before where you touch the button and either double tap or 
a method that I like to use is called split tap, where I have one finger on the button and then with another finger, while I'm still holding my original position, I tap another part of the screen. For me, I find that to be a little faster, but I know for some people it's, oh wait, I think we got something. No audio, but the sweater on the arm is brown. All right, so they didn't get the audio, but he said the sweater on the arm is brown. Do you see that detail? Besides that, they, they, you asked him the color of the shirt. Another answer just came in, a brownish woolen material. Good. So they, they distinguish the material, the fabric. <laughs> you can do that. That can be done, but I, I have better ways of doing that. I... Because... Um, <laughs> As you saw that, as you saw that took a few minutes to get responses. And if you're standing at the supermarket, you're not going to want to do that for every single thing to to, to want to know. So, for for shopping, I like to use barcode reading apps. And there's a number of them out there. Um, some are free, and then there's one that you pay a little bit more for. But I find it has the best database. It's called Digit Eyes, D-I-G-I-T-E-Y-E-S. It's by a company called Digital Miracles. It normally sells for $29.99, so $30, which again sounds like a lot. But are any of you familiar with things like the ID Made and, and the other barcode standalone readers that cost like $1,500? And again, you have to buy updates from them every so often because the all the device all, all the information is contained within those devices. So the only way to update them is by buying an update. It like probably comes on a CD or an SD card or something like that. With this, uh, whenever whenever they get new information, they put it into the database. And one of the things I find that's really nice is sometimes I scan something where it says no information available. But I have the option to enter in what the item is if I know what it is. So the next time I or anybody else using the app scans that item, now they have the benefit of the information I contributed. And anybody can do it, so it's it's really nice. Other apps that do this really well, too, are um, an app called Red Laser, or I think now it's called RL Classic. That one's free. Uh, there's another one called Bacado, B-A-K-O-D-O. That one's free. Um, Amazon is a really nice app, too, that does this, but I, it, it's also nice because I, I've used this in other ways as well. Amazon, um, it, it's, it's the Amazon Price Check app. And the original purpose of this app was not to help blind people identify barcodes, but rather to help people who are comparison shopping. So uh, I, I do this all the time when I buy electronics at Fry's because they price match. So if I find something I like... I scan the barcode of the item, and it comes up with the Amazon price. And if the Amazon price is lower, I just simply say to the salesperson, I want this price matched. All all the apps for, for the iPhone come from the App Store. That's the only place you get apps for, for the iPhone, is the, the Apple App Store. Well, 
ideally what you want to do is learn how to put it on the phone yourself. And it's, it's actually not that hard to do. It, it's, I know it sounds complicated, especially if you've never had a smartphone before. A lot of this sounds very scary and intimidating. But trust me, it's, it, over time, it gets very easy. And you get to where you don't really even have to stop and think about it. It's just, it's intuitive gestures. Remember, Apple's really big into, into making the user experience very simple for people. Their philosophy was keep it simple. Yeah, exactly. Which is good in some cases, and then for geeks like me that sometimes like to tweak things, it's a little frustrating because we don't have control over things that, like we'd like. <laughs> but yeah, you, you can download apps yourself. It's just a matter of learning how to do it. You, you get somebody either at the Apple store to show you how to do it, or you hire someone like me to come and train you for a couple hours and I can show you all those things and then once you know it, you know it. It's just... <laughs> well, we can, we can talk about that afterward. I'm giving my card and talk about prices. <laughs> so, um, so those, those are the apps I like. For, and it, it, it has made shopping so much easier because before, I would have to use a video magnifier to try to read what the product was. And, and these days, you know, they don't print things just with regular print anymore. Everything is really colorful, jazzy, graffiti-like, you know, just, just to catch the eye, which is great for most people, but for us who can't see very well, it's a nightmare because it, it, it's, it results in eye strain and headache and stress, and you just dread shopping. Now I just use my barcode scanners, and shopping is a breeze. Okay. For those of you who uh, who are interested in learning more about the Apple Store and things like that, uh, there's an announcement here. Okay. I, I just wanted you to know that I'm preparing an outing in July. You know when there are those activities um, with the Apple Stores. So maybe we will go over there and they, they'll make a demonstration hands-on on the, on the telephone. <laughs> One second, please. There is a question? We actually have a connection, because there's one right there at the road. Yes. He's planning to see if he can come here and do a whole demonstration. Oh, <laughs> That would be better. Again, what I like about the people at the Apple Store is they know their product, and most of them know what voiceover is. So one question. So, I have a Verizon customer, and I went to Verizon, I was going to get an iPhone to Verizon, and the Apple Store would train me. So, if I went to Apple at the Grove, they would, I could switch to my Verizon account to Apple? No, no, no. No, you Yes, yes, you, you can. go to the Apple Store. Yes, you can. So, you. you wait, wait. So you've got you've got an existing account, right? With Verizon for yeah. years. Yes, you can do that. You can just take it to Apple, right? And, uh, and tell them you want the iPhone, and if you qualify, which I assume, oh, I do, yeah. for an upgrade, I can upgrade yeah. yeah, so they'll do it for you. You don't have to go to the Verizon store. Oh, they okay. take care of all that. Then the Apple kind of changes sort of too. I understand. I'd like to say something about. One second, madam. I'm coming. One second. There is another person before. Okay. Um, I want to say that you. Uh, I know you can do. If you have from another, from like Verizon or Sprint, you still can go to the Apple Store. They'll still train you right there with yeah. that. Cause you have yes. That. Yeah. Yes, it will. Yes, you can do that. And in fact, they even have where you can buy 
from them something extra where you can attend classes that they offer. Yeah, yeah. Free. And they'll work with you. Yeah, yeah they're, they're really, the Apple Store people are just really good at that. They really yeah. love. You're, you're, you're in the back of the store where it's noisy, it'll take you where it's soundproof, so. That's what I was told. Yeah, so you know, they're really good about helping people. We have a question, Yeah. This is Pat Wolf. Um, I went to the Apple Store in Pasadena, although I bought my phone through Verizon, and the problem was the Apple geniuses, because that's what they're called, are not geniuses about teaching blind people, particularly totally blind. You know, for instance, they never taught me where the icons were. And they just said, well, you press here, and you press there. And, uh, they didn't tell me where they were or what screen you had to be on because they simply had no knowledge. Of right. They're, when I say that the Apple Store people are good about knowing their product, I mean, that goes to just a certain extent. Um, their classes are not geared toward the blind care because there's not that many that, that go in there. However, um, I've been told that in the Santa Monica Apple Store, there actually is a blind guy that works there. So you might want to look there. It'll take you two days to get there. Yeah. Or like I said, you know, this is where you know you look for people like me who are happy to do this, you know, to come on and, and, and do training for people.